This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 507 for August 17th, 2021. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined by Miranda Sanchez, Destin Legary, and returning friend from the Spawn on Me podcast, which you should all watch slash listen to slash subscribe to. Khalif Adams, welcome back. Ka. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to, to be rocking. I get the first chance to to hang with Miranda as well. We've done many, many shows together, but I've not had a chance to, to rock with Miranda. So I'm excited that we get a chance to do this together and hang out and talk about all the dope games we're going to get in uh, today. So I'm excited. Destin, I didn't give you a chance, so look, go ahead and get it out of the way. Get it out of your system. Bam! Let's go, everybody. We got some Xbox news this week. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yes, welcome back to Ka. I appreciate you making the time to hang out with us, because we're going to talk about a particular Xbox exclusive that is releasing, I guess, so we're holding the show until Wednesday morning. The game will be out tomorrow, Thursday. That game is 12 minutes. Uh, but before I get to that, I just want to remind everybody... Another hot upcoming game that's also, like 12 Minutes, launching into Xbox Game Pass, that would be Back for Blood. That's out in October, and that coverage, our IGN First month-long coverage, led by Mitchell Saltzman, is ongoing. So he's been posting all kinds of great videos about Back for Blood, so if you're stoked for that game like I am, be sure to catch up on all of that coverage. All right. So, 12 minutes, that's the game behind me. That's the game that Khalif has finished. That is the game that Destin is in progress on. Miranda, you have not... We're, I know we're making you jealous here. You haven't had Barry, the, the opportunity. Barry, I'm just sitting here like, wow, well, it must be nice. But, uh, so, <laughs> and it is nice, as you saw. If everybody, I would love for everybody to read and or watch my review on IGN. I gave the game an 8, calling it great, which is what our 8 signifies. And I want to be very clear up front, we are not going to... Give, get into any spoilers here because this is a game that you cannot have ruined for you because it's it would just be ruining the entire experience so we'll talk mechanics we'll talk reactions to it and i want to go to kali first uh now you finished it a little after i did i know we were kind of talking uh sh sort of sharing notes as we were going along like what did you yeah. do what did you do so what was what was your reaction to the game overall Kai? I, I mean, it was one of it's one of my most anticipated games. When I had gotten a chance to see the initial trailer for everything, I was just like through the roof because, again, I think like Annapurna and their portfolio of games that they pull in is just exquisite. They continue to pull in fantastic games to to everything that they do. So seeing that this is going to be this kind of play on uh, one of my favorite movies in Memento, uh, I was like extremely excited for it. So. It feels really, really cool. Like, I like the fact that games like this are out in the world where you have to think about everything that you're doing and be really careful about, you know, who you're you're engaging with and thinking about the mechanics and, and kind of just the, the vibe that feels like it's, it's leaning into, um, which is really, really cool to be able to kind of experience that. I don't think a lot of games come out that that feel like this anymore. Uh, so, so really, uh, was happy to get a chance to kind of run through it before, before it got spoiled by the world. 
uh, before everybody else got a chance to do oh, no. that for sure. <laughs> yeah, it might be if you are interested in playing the game again. It's it's going into Game Pass, so you've, you the, yeah. your excuses are are few and far between for not playing this because uh, this is this is the latest Xbox exclusive. This is Xbox and PC only, Xbox One or Series X, Series S, and it follows, of course, Flight Simulator, and we've got Psychonauts two to look forward to next week. So it is all happening finally. Xbox exclusives. Now, Destin, I know you haven't finished yet, but what are your thoughts on it so far as you're just kind of making your way through? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's a point-and-click adventure, and I know you love those, Ryan. So right away, I'm like, I totally get why Ryan loves this game, <laughs> because uh, it's point-and-click, but it does it in such an interesting way where, like, your character moves around, and you're trying to to solve the puzzle of, you know, what's going on in the situation and how to handle the situation the best, and... Uh, using what you learn to sort of flesh things out. I, I've enjoyed it thus far, and I look forward to solving the puzzle. One thing I recommend to viewers, though, is uh, we all know the premise, right? Like, because if you've seen the trailer, you know the basic premise of what's going to happen. So immediately, I just went to trying to solve the problem, and um, it broke me out of the immersion a little bit. Just let at least the first, the first attempt play out. You know, mm. so that would be my recommendation for sure. Um, I'm still liking it thus far. I've only played like an hour or two, okay. but uh, I've done a few things and like I'm having a lot of fun setting up what I think is going to be an interesting uh, play out of the mechanics of the game. So, you know. I don't want to ruin anything. I'm trying to be really careful not to ruin anything. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in fact, to that point, uh, something Miranda said, it might be worth anybody that's interested in playing, uh, you might want to just mute like put a temporary mute on the number 12 minutes, <laughs> the word 12 minutes yeah. on Twitter, just so in case anybody posts anything, you'll hopefully get uh, get shielded from it before you've got a chance to play. Because I do think people will be talking about this game once uh, once they get through it. Uh, Khalif, how long did it take you? What did, what did Steam tell you? Because I think you and I were both, uh, we reviewed it on the PC version. <laughs> so uh, what was your first run through? seven hours of, seven, of gameplay okay. oh wow yeah, mine was seven and a half so it's yeah. and, and i don't know about you uh did, for me it didn't feel like that in a good way i was kind of surprised that it was that much it was it was interesting because a game like that where you're in these really super confined spaces doesn't feel like you said like it should take a really long time to complete it, and that was actually really cool to be able to say like the time that I spent with it never felt wasted in that in that in that kind of long span of, you know, that's a that's a that's a pretty chunky amount of time for a game that is like this. Right. So I think um, getting to run through it and then seeing exactly where you're kind of making those adjustments and then moving yourself kind of, you know, from the from the beginning of a loop uh, to kind of continue to, to keep going forward. It, it feels like this interesting push and pull uh, of you being able to say, all right, so I'm inching forward. Does this feel like this is advancing the story? Um, and then you kind of look up and you're like, oh, wow, like this was like an hour and some change that just went past. Um, and, and it kind of does fly by in that way, which is which is pretty awesome. I love the fact that that's a part of the, the, the story that's going to be around this game, you know, once it's been out for a bit. Yeah, the, uh, the I guess each, you know, the, the loop is 12 minutes, but... But I think real time, what would you say? It's maybe like five minutes, something like that, of actual time, if to, you know, generally speaking. Is that, is that about? Yeah, let me see how I can say this without spoiling anything. <laughs> um, 
probably about that. I think it extends based upon, again, certain actions that you wind up doing. Right. Um, but there's like, it, and tell me if, tell me if you felt this as well. So it feels like there is in like an initial loop within a loop, right? It feels like there is yeah. like this one segment of, of, <laughs> of a, of a part that, that moves. And then you're like, all right, yeah. if I get to here, then I kind of know where a pivot point may be or, or any of that kind of stuff. Um, so it feels like that is a part of the, the equation too, which I find really interesting in, in the way that, uh, Lewis, uh, who's, who's a dev on this kind of crafted this kind of gameplay loop was that you're constantly thinking about how fast can I get to a spot and then stopping to kind of ingest everything that you've learned. And then because of that 12 minute kind of marker, uh, you're like, all right, I need to rush through these actions and then stop. And then I need to go over here and stop. Um, so that, that was actually kind of interesting to kind of learn that the game within a game while, while playing it too. Yeah. You mentioned uh, writer director, Luis Antonio. This is more or less a one person effort. I mean, not literally there was a, there is a team of people that helped build it, but he's sort of the, you know, the, the main uh, mastermind behind it. And I, you know, I actually went back, I referenced a preview that I wrote when I had first seen this game at E3 a few years ago, because mm -hmm. I, I was expecting, like I was pleasantly surprised that it was seven and a half hours for me because I I gone I went back and looked at a preview and Luis said to me I had asked well about how long is the game and is there kind of any replayability and he was honest he said yeah it's kind of a one shot deal there's not really replayability but he said yeah it's about six to eight hours and in my head I can tell you that after having done this <laughs> done, done you know worked in games media for as long as I have generally when a developer or a PR tells you how long uh, roughly how long a game is. It's nowhere near that long. Like it's right. just, I don't know why I'm not saying, I'm not like accusing that. I'm not putting anything behind that. It's just, that is my experience that generally it's less than what they say, but it was dead on. He said, he had told me six to eight hours and, and I felt exactly in the middle of that. And so did you. So uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a really compelling experience all the way through. I, I know, uh, so I got stuck once and, and I only got unstuck kind of by accident fumbling around and uh, did, did you get hung up at all my god I, I i'm wearing this hat because i'm having a bad hair day because i pulled out the rest of it while trying to figure out where it was going to go in this one particular part um to, to the extent that i basically was like hey ryan what where where do i have to go next i don't know where i'm supposed to go um and and, kind of, and that kind of helped me get through the the next layer to kind of get to the the parts where i was able to kind of complete the story yeah, there are parts you're just going to get hung up on. I think some of that um, is is in design. I think some of that is, again, the game is trying to, at some points, be fairly obtuse about where it's trying to lead you. Um, I also think a lot of that is, is, is a tendency for when you play a game like this to want to rush through it, especially when you have a game that is very text-based in the way that it kind of displays information. I, my my initial tendency was like, oh, I'm just going to bum rush through this game and finish it in like two hours because that was the expectation for the scope of what you see in the trailers and things like that. And then getting hung up and kind of like hitting a, an, a, an actual wall of like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go next. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do because maybe the story's not telling me what I need to do. Maybe I'm doing a thing in the wrong way. Uh, that part was a little bit frustrating. 
um, to be able to, to, to wind up hitting that space. But I think once we had conversations and, and, and a couple other, you know, industry peers to say like, well, what are you, what are you seeing? Um, it then became clear of like why you should be paying attention to certain things. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the story is telling you what, what it needs to do. You just have to be really patient and, and careful. I, Destin, I'd be I curious wanting to jump in. Go ahead. I'd be curious to hear like, what was everybody's reaction to the reveal? And, um, I guess if you played, like, what was your reaction playing it? Cause when it was revealed, I had just gotten married. So for me to see like violence <laughs> taking place, uh, in this sort of situation was pretty upsetting. And I was like, all I want to do is stop that person from hurting her. Yeah. Right. So when I started playing, I'm like, how do I kill him? <laughs> or how do I stop him or just do anything to make it not happen? Right. And um, that's why, like, when I started playing immediately, I'm just like, how do I make this not happen? You know? Can I go first? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Actually, I have a comment on this. Um, so if, if you're watching, we're seeing sort of a loop of an interaction happen. And my biggest curiosity is what is happening with this apartment space? Yeah, it's it looks like my apartment in San Fran, to be honest. Layout. Right. Like, do they not? I mean, obviously, you play video games. Like, do they not have a TV? Do you not care about the television? You could get rid of that dining table and have a coffee table and just eat out the couch and still have your TV. Where do you put your books? And you, <laughs> that, that was kind of my first thing. Not, not that I'm not interested in the game, of course. I think just the layout is very telling about these two people too, right? Like I think the way you set up your, your home space is you know, pretty important and it has to be functional for you, functional for your family. And so I think this setup that we have for them is interesting because like they, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm with you. They're committed I'm, enough to have stuff on the walls. Like that's that's a pretty big well, deal, I'd say. So you'll I'm with you, Miranda. That you can actually go up and look at each picture or painting on the wall. You can you can actually right. like take a zoomed in look at that. But even yeah, even this, look, even thinking about that, I'm just like I'm sad. Like they can never cook fish in this apartment because you're just gonna <laughs> like that's all gonna get stuck into the couch smell and it's gonna be stuck into the wall. Like like you just can't do it. This is gonna be bad. I'm curious, but, um, do you think this is ahead. New York or San Francisco? Because the guy's wearing a suit. <laughs> Clearly, he, he's coming home from something, you know? I, I think kind of more of a New York vibe from this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. me too. There's, there's I, oh, way I more, yeah. Tiny places, probably worse space than this, but, you know, I would just say by, Just by the bathroom. The bathroom layout tells me it's New York because they yeah. don't care about where they put the toilets in New York. <laughs> oh. They don't care. They're just like, we'll throw it right in, in your walkway. You can't get yep. around it. You just have to dance around it. Khalif, you talked about your sort of initial instinct being to try and just rush through the game. And and I, I totally understand that. And I, I really thought it was clever how they, the, it's, it's like the game anticipated that and you just can't because you, you, you almost, there are some loops where if when you know what you're trying to do, it's like you 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 know that you have to just try and get what you need and then reset the loop. So you like it almost fail on like get what you need and then fail on purpose to reset. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. It's weird because after after going through it and and finishing it, I tried to figure out like what what is this game like in in you know what's the analog that I can kind of connect this to? And I was like, this game is like Simon. Remember the old, you know, color color <laughs> yeah. game, Simon? Memorizing the pattern. Memorizing the pattern and then kind of like continuing to kind of get that next layer of where you want to go uh, without kind of messing up the previous part of the pattern and then getting a chance to kind of like move forward. It, it, it actually like 
when, once I learned that that was what was happening, that made it easier for me to kind of navigate. And you do have to, you do have to fail, uh, which I like it, it, it stops you from, from, from kind of having progress until you have failed a certain thing in a certain way or certain things in certain ways to be able to kind of get to the next layer of it. I do, I do think, and I, and, and I know we haven't talked about it yet, but one of the other things that kind of raised the level of excitement for this game for me was just seeing the the caliber of actors that were that were in this this piece. You know, seeing McAvoy in it, and 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 uh, and and my friend. Uh, why well, I'm now I'm blanking on his name. Jesus. Willem Dafoe and Willem Daisy Dafoe, Ridley. And Daisy yeah. Ridley. Yeah. So like seeing that the, those folks are going to be in this piece too was really cool because I you know I've. From New York, I love the theater, the, the, the theater life of, of, of where you kind of go to see a show. And this feels like you're kind of in one of those theater in the round moments where you're kind of seeing it from the top down perspective or around it. And you're just seeing everything kind of play out in front of you, which I which I love as a, as a kid who loves theater stuff. So, yeah, like it's brilliant in the way they kind of lay that stuff out for you um, and, and kind of let you kind of run through it. Yeah, I'm I don't, glad you uh, go ahead, Destin. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but I have a feeling that the person who says he's police, I don't think he's the police, actually. I just have a <laughs> You know, it's just something feels off about him. <laughs> well, you'll find out. You'll find out. But yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's where I was going to finish this discussion before we move on, because there's plenty more to talk about this week, is the voice cast. And yeah, what a what a get getting, you know. If they had gotten one of those three actors, it would have been like, wow, that's cool. They got, you know, Daisy Ridley or they got Willem Dafoe. But to get all three of those very respected seasoned actors, it definitely elevates the material, I thought, because this, you know, the story is the material. I mean, yes, there's a it's a point and click puzzle adventure game, but, you know, you need that that story to be delivered in a in a meaningful way. And, and boy, those three actors, I thought Willem Dafoe in particular, he was the standout for me. Um, just his performance was, was, uh, pretty, pretty terrifying at times in the best of ways. Um, but yeah, it's, it, this is fantastic game. It's on, it's launching right into game pass. Highly recommend everybody play it. It's an Xbox exclusive, enjoy it, support it. And, uh, and we can talk spoilers on this, maybe on Twitter or something, you know, down the road after, after everybody's had a chance to experience it so Def definitely we want to be on that spoiler cast for yeah. sure oh yes. also if you happen to get stuck we will have a guide thank you for bringing that up yeah it, yeah it is a game that that will probably I, I bet that guide will do well for ign because there'll be points where people <laughs> are just going to want to look up like all right what what do, i need a hint here give me something yeah for Lots sure uh, first up on the main news beat this week is a new report claiming that a grand theft auto remastered trilogy of Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas is on the way and soon, meaning this fall for everything, including the Switch, even this obviously an Xbox podcast, but and reportedly due out, yeah, due out this fall. Uh, this Kotaku reported this, and they say they've learned from sources that Rockstar is remastering 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, and that each game will be remastered in Unreal Engine. They will uh, feature a mix of new and old graphics. Elsewhere in the report, Kotaku says these remasters were originally going to come packaged with the next-gen ports of GTA 5 and GTA Online, which is also out this fall in November as a bonus, uh, but plans changed, and the trilogy was converted into its own standalone package set to be released this year. 
Now it's their their source, Kotaku source, is claiming late October or early November for this, which would put it just in front of the uh, Series X and PS5 release of GTA 5. Uh, and it, again, as Destin mentioned, it's it's mobile devices as well as Switch and everything else. Series one, Series X, Xbox One, PS4, PS5. Uh, initial reactions here, Miranda, I, I feel bad because we had that whole 12 minutes discussion. You hadn't had a chance to play the game. So please <laughs> kick us off here, weigh in on this GTA rumor. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so GTA 5 was my first GTA. So this is actually really exciting for me because I didn't get the chance to play these growing up because they weren't really appropriate for my age range when they were out. So my mom was like, no. And I, I didn't really have too much of an interest in them myself when I was younger. So get the idea of being able to go back to some of the ones that people really love and getting experience what happened there um, and maybe just like in a nicer version, that'd be a lot of fun. And I think Honestly, I have so much fun, and I'm sure many people relate to this, just driving around GTA 5. So yes. getting to see what the, that was before would be really awesome. Um, I actually loved the Simpsons Road Rage and Hit and Run games when I was younger. I know they're very GTA-inspired, and I didn't realize that until I got a little older, because, again, I wasn't really privy to GTA things as a child. Uh, so knowing that those are very similar, I was just like, man, I want to play these. I want to know what these were like. And I think there's just a fondness for games released in that time and just like the style of them and the design of them that I've I've been a lot really appealed to recently so I'd absolutely like to check these out probably like a game that I play in my downtime obviously there's so many games coming out always forever so it's hard to want to go back to old things especially if you don't necessarily have nostalgia for them but I think for my own research and understanding to see how GTA has evolved it'd be awesome to get to play these for the first time. Before I go to Destin and, and Khalif, I want to say, Miranda, I, I'm so glad that you bring this perspective because I, I am actually envious of you that you will get to experience these for the first time. For me, GTA 3 was my first GTA, and it it was one of those games where I think we all have them. We all have those three, four, five games over the course of our lives that like just completely change the way like they're just they're just game changers for you they're paradigm shifts and like for a lot of people halo one was that mm -hmm. and understandably so um you know for me the original doom is in there the original super mario brothers but gta 3 is very much one of those where I, it it like completely changed the way i thought about games and and experienced and enjoyed games and miranda i just want to give you one tip when you when you jump in go just steal a car and spend time listening to Chatterbox, the talk okay. radio station in GTA 3, because that's where Laszlo came from. That's where it all started. And it is hilarious. It is uh, it is so, so good. Uh, Khalif, your your thoughts here on this rumor. Shout out to Laszlo for for one, who's like seriously one of the best parts of this whole this whole franchise. I've I gotten a chance to play through pretty much all of them over over the years, except for a lot of the PSP ones that I think came out on, on the handhelds. But I think um, I'm excited to see CJ, the CJ meme, come back in, in Unreal Engine. <laughs> oh, shit. Here we go again. Yeah, like, I'm excited to see that be a thing now in Unreal Engine. But again, like, I think, you know, there are moments that come across that I think about, like, Vice City was huge in terms of what I think grand theft became grand theft's turn into like this cultural you know part of the the conversation because they just incorporated so much great music 
um, into that game and, and, and really brought together that kind of, you know, combination of gameplay media um, and, and nostalgia and culture together in a, in a great way. And, and that kind and of Ray Liotta. And Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta, right? shout out. Shout out, shout out to Ray Liotta pre, pre late night commercial Ray Liotta. Who's uh, <laughs> 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 doing this thing now? But I think, yeah, like it, it is interesting to see that they are spending actual or like some, some part of Rockstar is spending cycles on making this a thing when they or have already been doing so much work with GTA online and then getting five out the door on next gen consoles. And then hopefully somewhere in a corner somewhere, someone's working on six. So it, 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 it just tells me that they have a lot of people working on a lot of stuff all at the same time, which, which yeah. is, which is really interesting from a rockstar perspective. Cause you never hear about that. Yeah, this is rumored to be the uh, Rockstar Dundee studio, which is yeah. one of the support studio. I don't say that yeah. dismissively. No, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, one of one of the studios in Rockstar's portfolio in, in Scotland. Uh, now, it is there is sort of a reason for this besides money, which is the cynical but also correct answer. Uh, it is this is the twentieth anniversary coming up of GTA Three. So mm. it, it would be a good opportunity, particularly given, I mean, you just touched on it. We know we're in for a ridiculous, it's already been an insanely long wait for GTA 6. This is a good way to fill the gap. And you get gamers like Miranda who didn't play these games. And then you get gamers like you and I who did play them. But it, the last, the most recent of these, San Andreas was, I have it in my notes, 17 years ago. So, oh, wow. it's, you know, it's there. It, it, it feel like these are these are in the pocket where it's not just a lame cash grab of a, of a it's not a remaster of a game that came out five years ago. But, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's sort of it'll be there for those of us that did play it because it's been a while. And it's there for those of those of you that never played it like Miranda. So I'm excited about this. Destin, what, what are you thinking here? So if you're watching the video version, I have just been transfixed on this terrible, terrible <laughs> gameplay we've been watching. What is this player doing? He's but, having uh, a good time? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But anyway, um, so this is uh, this one is San Andreas, and there's Vice City yes. and GTA 3 in the rumor. Made it Unreal, uh, you put in your notes. That also threw me off, Ryan, because the original game, of course, not made it Unreal, so... I'm curious as to what that is going to look like and mixing old with new, how is that going to work? Like, are we going to see cutscenes that are in the old engine? Cause they didn't want to re-render them. Are they going to use 4k AI upscaling the way that mass effect did, you know? So a few questions about how it's going to be handled, but uh, make no mistake. I am incredibly excited about this particular game because these three games like Grand Theft Auto three, I would stay up at night and I would leave on the Chatterbox radio station just to hear all the audio from it. It was like hours of programming on that thing, or it felt like hours anyway. And um, all the radio stations were great and each had different personalities too. And there was just great music, even, even back as far as three. And then Vice City added motorcycles, which yes. I would just spend hours and hours and hours just doing motorcycle tricks off of buildings and stuff like that for fun. And... I really, the first three games have a really special place in, in my heart and I think in a lot of people's hearts because 
nothing like this had really been done. I remember when I rented three, I borrowed it to my friend after playing it for a few days. I'm like, you have to check this out. And he never gave it back. Oh, no. <laughs> I just friend. never got it back. I'm like, you have to pay for another week of rental so I can actually play the game. <laughs> you know? So um, the, the games are great and they sort of started something that, I don't know, maybe Saints Row came close, but um, you know, the, the yeah. Grand Auto games are, are fantastic and I mean, yeah, I'm excited to, to play them again. Like your friend though, like I I bought a PlayStation 2 because of Grand Theft Auto 3. Like it was yeah. a system seller. It was a killer app for me cuz I didn't have a PS2. A friend had a PS2 and again, same thing, brought it over and I started playing it and, and it completely changed my world and I had to buy mm -hmm. a PS2 just for this game now. <laughs> So GTA 3, for those that are unfamiliar, is, you know, kind of a facsimile of New York, you know, not in any sort of exact way. It's Liberty City, which we saw again in GTA 4. And, uh, of course, Vice City being the take the send up of Miami. And then San Andreas took it to an absolutely insane scope that I don't even think GTA 5 rivals because it's L.A. It's uh, so it's Los Santos. It's uh, it's Las Vegas, which is Las Venturas, and San Francisco, which is San Fierro, and all the like just deserts and land in between. It's an absurd map that that, that they did for San Andreas. So now uh, I want to go around the table. Um, so I'll start. So Miranda, for you, the question is, which of the three are you most excited to play first? And then I want to hear from from uh, Destin and then Khalif of which is your favorite of, of the three. So Miranda. San Andreas for sure, because people still play that game a lot. And I'm very curious why. So that's, I think the one that has me most curious. Destin. Uh, San Andreas, I seem most curious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think people really love that game. Uh, for me though, Ryan, I might just start at the beginning. I'll probably just start with three and then go to yeah. Vice City because three had the silent protagonist and then Vice City had Ray Liotta. But why not just start at the beginning and go through the series? But is is that your favorite of the three looking back? My my favorite is Vice City, hands down. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are yeah. A lot of people share that. Khalif, mm -hmm. how about you? Uh, San Andreas is mine. Uh, it, it just hit at a really important time for me as a... As a, as a young young person growing up, we had so many of that era's movies, Men's to Society, Boys in the Hood, all coming together around the time that, that game came out. It was it, that was that was definitely my favorite for sure. Yeah, yeah. There is the, spoiler. There is no wrong answer to this question. It's just like <laughs> all three were incredible in their own ways. I I'm actually a little uh, a little sort of against the grain on this in that. Vice City is my least favorite of the three. I'm not saying it's bad huh. at all. It's a, a phenomenal game. Again, the the sense of the '80s Miami is is and this. I would say I think the story might be Vice City might be my favorite story of those three games, uh, which Ray Liotta is a big part of. But for me, the, the Vice City geographically, Vice City was the least interesting. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it's the least interesting piece of geography. Again, from a just purely wandering around the game world perspective of any GTA game, because it's just a flat like rectangle, basically. It's just not, you know, three had had the three distinct districts. You start in kind of the 
like the industrial area and then you go to the downtown and then you unlock the suburbs. And then of course, San Andreas, I just talked about has everything. And, uh, and then four came back later with a much grander recreation of Liberty city and five, we all know how crazy five is, but yeah, I, Three three has such a, a, a warm place in my heart, but I think I'm most excited to play San Andreas again because mm-hmm. of its scale. Because, I I mean, I played it at the time, but that was a long, long time ago, 17 years, and I just can't wait to see it. Now, uh, we talked about the Unreal Engine factor, and mm-hmm. Destin mentioned that, you know, that sort of seems odd because... Yeah, and I'm with you. That was like, wait a second. So I went back and I had to remember, I had to go back and look up the name of the original engine from those games. And it was, I remembered that Criterion, the makers of Burnout, wrote that engine and it was called Renderware. So it was used in a number of games in the PS2 original Xbox era. And so yeah, Rockstar didn't make that engine. They licensed it. Mm -hmm. And so obviously... uh, they don't own it now. EA does because EA owns Criterion, who created Renderware, who created uh, Burnout. So it makes sense that they maybe wouldn't have wanted to go back and try to work in an engine that actually just doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. At least it's not supported anymore. So, But the Unreal Engine thing was weird. So it's like, can you remaster a game using a different engine? And I posted this on Twitter, and I wanted to mention it here because uh, I appreciated I got two professional game developers t- that responded to me and gave me great uh, information on this. Tim Saray of The Last Night, which, yes, it is still in development. Don't worry. And it is an <laughs> awesome-looking game from E3 a few years ago yeah. uh, is, is very much still happening. So Tim responded and said, uh, so I said, I said, is it, you know, how does this work? He said, uh, can you do a, a new engine? Can you remaster an old game with a new newer engine? And he said, yes, that's how Bluepoint did it for all its remasters. The original code is ported and running into the new engine, which takes care of sending all the IO, logic, audio, and graphics calls to the CPU and GPU. Then you can swap old parts for modern ones like rendering, physics, etc. So thank you, Tim, for that. And then... Huh. A developer named David Nottingham, who worked on the Monkey Island remasters at LucasArts, also in the 360 era, where they took the original, there was the original Monkey Islands, the two Monkey Islands, that you could, at the push of a button, go back to, or they had the new graphics layer and audio running on top of it, which Halo Anniversary, Halo 1 Anniversary also did this. So David Nottingham uh, replied and said, we did the same for Secret of Monkey Island code base for the remaster create a shell to run on top of the original code base. That's also how you could switch between new and old at the press of a button. So uh, that is that is an actual professional explanation from actual professionals hmm. rather than just us wondering how it happens. So thank you very much to Tim and David on that. But um, I guess what else is left to talk about here? Uh, let's see. I'm kind of disappointed that Liberty City didn't get any love. Like, 4 didn't get any love, which is actually pretty interesting. Because there was, speaking about, like, code and, and all that stuff, there was a really big difference in locomotion that they talked about for for Liberty City, that they were going into a much more physics-based uh, uh, kind of locomotion engine for that game. And also, damn it, New York should get some love because that was a New York game. They, they didn't give New York any love in that game. And that was like a really fantastic game uh, for, for New Yorkers especially. 
I, I think four got a lot of love for its recreation of New York, actually, like yeah. at launch and like afterwards. But the main problem that I had with four, and I think a lot of people did, is just the driving just felt bad. Yeah. You know, it, you felt super floaty and you're constantly like flying around corners and everything. And I think that was the main criticism, which they obviously fixed by the time five came yeah. out. Yeah. You're, you're both referencing natural motion physics mm -hmm. engine that Rockstar mm -hmm. used. It was a thing where if you were around in the 360 era, as me being the old guy was, uh, there was a demo, there was a tech demo for an Indiana Jones game that never got made. Uh, mm -hmm. that LucasArts put out. You can find it on YouTube. It's there uh, using this natural motion physics engine that had that that uh, had been written. And it was a, a demo of Indy. Like, I think he's, I want to say he's like in San Francisco on top of a, uh, on top of a, uh, um, what are the things we have here again? Cable Street cars. cars. There we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For like fighting on top of a cable car. And you can see like it looks more fluid. And so Rockstar did grab that technology and they, they used it and, as you know, they had, four had GTA Four had a, a brand new engine from the previous three games, the uh, Rage engine, Rockstar Advanced game engine, if you remember, <laughs> which they prototyped. Funny enough, you don't see anybody really do this anymore. Uh, here's an in in show trivia question from me that I'm just going to throw at <laughs> you guys right now. Do any <laughs> no. of you remember the game, the actual game that Rockstar released that was literally just a test? for the Rockstar Advanced Game Engine that would uh, later be I used in, in GTA 4. De so Destin thinks he knows. How about no, Connor Miranda? Any thoughts before I go I to Destin I don't remember. Here? Yeah, absolutely no? not. I have no okay. idea. <laughs> Destin? It was the ping pong table tennis game. Yes, very huh. good. Yeah. Yes, oh. Rockstar Table Tennis. Yeah. That was the first thing that they made in Rage, and uh, that was their little proving ground for uh, <laughs> what, the engine that would go into GTA 4. I love so. that game, too. I did not know that. That's one yeah. of my favorite games of all time, actually. <laughs> Good job, <laughs> Destin. So, um, yeah, I wonder, I mean, cynically, for, they, you know, they could, they'll probably do the same for that in, uh, what, 2028, maybe, when that game turns 20 years old <laughs> in the next console generation. But I guess it doesn't, you know, it from a from a practical like logistics technology point of view, it is a different engine than than three Vice City and San Andreas, which were all in the same tech. So it would be it would be its whole own undertaking to have thrown four in there as well. But right. but Ka, I have no doubt that they will eventually get around to doing some sort of deluxe treatment on four when the time comes. I think I we'll get another version of Skyrim before we get before we get that though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's how many how many times will skyrim have come out by that time mm. destin yeah. i i actually wanted to ask a question sort of in that vein so this will be like the third time grand theft auto 5 has been re-released right they released it 360 they re-released it on the xbox one era now they're re-releasing it in the series era and then of course same for playstation um so my question is originally this was going to be bundled with the grand theft auto 5 uh, re-release, which to me is a great value proposition. The fact that it's going to be separated leaves me with a question, A, with smart delivery, which I don't believe will be part of it here, are we going to be paying again for Grand Theft Auto V? And uh, B, without the value proposition of the remasters, where do you think they're going to end up pricing it? Do you think they're going to do a full 70 bucks again? Good question. That that was something that was on my mind about it because Skyrim, yeah, released on like everything multiple times, right? Yeah. What what 
what's the value proposition of buying it again on the series consoles without go to you i don't know i mean to be fair like that is the biggest question right because I, I i'm excited that they're doing this i would not spend money on it though so also this is like a report this is sort of rumored true. still it's not yeah. confirmed that it will actually be separate but if that is true to your point dustin i think the value proposition is going to have to probably be something with gc online like i'm sure there's going to be some online bonuses so if you don't care about that mm. then there's probably not going to be a lot there i mean there could also be not a lot there for you but i'm not entirely sure what they would do with that because you know to your point like why would i buy this again if i can just keep playing i already have it what yeah yeah, they'll it bundle in makes... GTA sec- GTA Six access somehow. They'll they'll <laughs> tie it into there, and in four more years, you'll get to be able to play it. Well, I don't think Rockstar is dumb. I think there's something else. If this is true, I think something big is coming to Grand Theft Auto Five that would add the value proposition, and I'm very intrigued to see that. Otherwise, if you bought the PC version, you bought the best version because right. you just update your hardware and you're good to right. go. Yeah, mm. it, it's a fair point, Destin, and and I would say. I, I'm with you. I, I give Rockstar the benefit of the doubt here to to present at some point between now and November a compelling reason to spend more money because they did do, or I feel they did that when they took it to Xbox One. You remember they added the first person mode. It was a fully mm-hmm. fleshed out for, and then there was also, shoot, I think there was there were one or two other pretty notable gameplay features that they did add for the Xbox One version of the game. So Hopefully they're going to do the same again uh, if, if indeed they plan to charge. Because otherwise, yeah, if, it, if it's just like a 4K60 patch, well, Microsoft has done a great job and a lot of third parties too of of conditioning us to expect those to be free updates. So, well, yeah. Didn't I, they say they would do a sizable story expansion for five? Could like I mean, for me, I'm like, that would be it. I don't remember that being a part of this announcement they that was the original plan back like when the game first came out and then gta online took off and and it they never did it Mm -hmm. if they did do a story expansion that i'd be that's day one for me like i sure take my money i will happily (laughs) take more more grand theft auto now that's it for me oh go ahead yeah sort of noodling into that even a little bit more and i'll stop after this but like but then they promised that for the 360 version, it never came. And now they're going to charge again for it. So that's also problematic. They're really in an interesting spot. And I'm just sort of curious what Rockstar ends up coming up with solution wise. I'm sure they have something, but yeah. 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 I, I will say I'm, I'm more than happy to pay for the, the remasters as a separate thing. Like, cause I think that's, mm, they're yes. clearly going to, if this rumor is accurate and they're doing a remaster through the unreal engine, there is clearly effort being made to improve these for for modern consoles, and yeah, I and you're also talking about those three games. Uh, Khalif, is this probably your experience too? I mean, they're you're talking forty hours minimum for <laughs> each of those games. San Andreas is probably a lot more. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, you're talking like a, a hundred twenty hours plus easily for the three games, and that's like sure, I'll I will. I will pay full freight for that. Yeah, I, th- I think the the remastered part is is where the meat and potatoes kind of live for this thing. Is like seeing what they're going to do with the engine. I think to Destin's point of like, what's the what's the carrot on the end of the stick that makes the that, that makes you want to pay any money for another version of GTA Five? And it's got to be something. Or and even in the remasters of like, 
how much do you reduce loads? How much of that stuff is in the, is in that conversation? I think That's a good point. all the things that are in that space that that from a technical standpoint were hindrances. Now those things get fixed from a te- fixed from a technological experience, uh, and you get a chance to do that work. But you already get that. You already get the improved loads because of the hardware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, right. And I mean, that's what I mean. I think you. Yeah. I think that's what you're winding. Like you're getting the push, which makes smart delivery again another one of those conversations. But I didn't. I don't think you then are retooling the code in the same ways that you would if you're going back and doing the engine revamps and all that right. other kind of stuff. I think. I think it's a. It's an interesting kind of chicken and egg scenario that they're going to wind up having where they Xbox to a certain extent has done the work that you want a lot of teams to do uh, from the hardware perspective and being on the console itself with smart delivery and stuff. So um, it will be really interesting to see what, what the value add is going to wind up being. But I think you'll, you'll marketing will be around loads and potential new content. And and I definitely think to Miranda's point, the, the GTA online stuff will absolutely be in that mix for sure. Cause they've been, they've been pushing that thing out during the Super Bowl. They had an ad for GTA right. five online. <laughs> And I was like, this thing is still making money and people are still playing it. So it's still huge. It has a huge community. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Miranda, is is the GTA five slash online wiki still just like the biggest one on IGN? I know it's it's always Can't up reveal there. that information. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's secret. I know it's always near the top of the list, but um just speaks to it. how how long that game can how much and how how much that game continues to get played and for how long. Um, and I guess one last thing, if, if anybody from Rockstar is listening, if you guys are in a remaster mood, I would like to humbly request the Max Payne games next, please, uh, which were made. The first two were made by Remedy. They are amazing. Uh, the original Max Payne and Max Payne 2, the fall of Max Payne was arguably even better. Um, you, it's just a two phenomenal modern third person action games that really should be brought back into the into the modern limelight. I wasn't as big into Max Payne 3, but man, would I love to see Max Payne 2 get uh, revitalized and brought back. <laughs> Speaking of Remedy, Miranda, Control, it's been revealed, has passed 10 million players, and Remedy has entered full production on its upcoming game with Epic. You know, they signed a big deal with Epic to do a, a few different things. This was revealed in a new investor letter uh, alongside news that Control's revenues were slightly higher in Q2 21 than year over year in Q2 2020. And this is the game that came out in Q3 2019. They say overall new platform services and special offerings give us valuable lessons for the future, bring additional revenue, help us to reach new audiences and increase Control brand awareness. Control has already reached a formidable audience having been played by over 10 million players. The growing audience and brand awareness are valuable as we continue to support Control. And the letter also reveals that its big budget game project being developed in partnership with Epic has moved into full production and that the studio's four-player co-op PVE game set in the world of Control, known as Condor, I imagine that's a code name, has been solidified thanks to a new co-publishing and development agreement with 505 Games, who... I suspect probably had like a first right of refusal on any future control thing since they published the original game. Uh, in case that's not enough, Remedy mentioned in the letter that it has also agreed on collaboration terms for a future bigger budget control game with 505 as well. So control Miranda, 
uh, is a game that I know you came to a little later, but have uh, enjoyed the heck out of, including all the DLC. It is not going away anytime soon. I'm ecstatic. By a little later, it's like a year late. Um, so when Control came out in late 2019, it was really busy. There was a lot going on at that point in time. And so that was one that just kind of fell by the wayside. I was interested in it. Um, if you guys don't know too much about it, it has that new weird aspect to it is what they go for. And so what that means is like, think Twilight Zone, think Twin Peaks. So just kind of an odd sort of sci-fi fantasy there that is grounded but not like there's just like things that are a little strange and things just keep happening and evolving that way. You just like check these collectibles off a list. And, and I understand that like, it's hard to add a lot of meaningful collectibles into a game, but control makes that just done so well. A lot of them, of course, as optional add such a detailed version of the story if you choose to find them like there are like papers i would read and then i'd go find a side mission that was directly tied into that and i had so much more context for it because i chose to like do the extra things and of course the gameplay is phenomenal the graphics are gorgeous like the ray tracing on this game is is just beautiful so the fact that they're going to do a bigger <laughs> bigger budget game of this i was like excuse me what else are you gonna add because this is just great um also if you like alan wake one of the DLCs basically about Alan Wake. So it's so cool. Oh, that's so good. Khalifa, did you, did you play Control or do we need to yell at you? No, I am a huge <laughs> Control fan. I, I I love Control. I was I was one of the people who was standing up on on a on a on a box on a, on, a, on an Apple box and was like, please make more of these. I need each one of these small little weird real world things to be its own story. Uh, that you kind of make uh, into its own kind of DLC. I, I'm a huge control fan, so I'm, I'm hyped for this. And the yeah, characters. I, Sorry, I was just like watching no, this uh, video clip, and it just, you know, you know when your heart just connects with something, you're like, oh, Autie, you're so great. You're such a wonderful janitor. Thank you for being there for <laughs> us the whole time. Yeah, I and it was funny. I remember this. Now, I, I happily voted for this for in IGN's uh, 2019 Game of the Year vote, and it won which I'm very thrilled that IGN awarded this game our game of the year that year. But I seem to remember, like, the, the 10 million thing is surprising to me, but in obviously a very pleasant surprise. Because I seem to remember, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't this game, like, not even chart on the NPD list after it came out? Like, it, it just I remember it seemingly not, like, no disrespect to 505, but they don't have the marketing budget and power that an EA does or a 2K does. And I really felt like at the time, like, oh, this is a great game, but it's just on a publisher that doesn't have the resources to really make as big a marketing push as this game deserves. So the fact that it has found a long tail and has has made its way to 10 million players just makes me so happy. And, and uh, yeah, this is official confirmation that, the sequel is happening and it's, it sounds like correct. You know, again, jump in if you disagree anybody, but it sounds like it hasn't even started yet. Like it's just, but it's, it's like they signed a contract and, and a sequels down the road, but, uh, but hasn't begun yet. But yeah, uh, Destin, your thoughts on control and, and this, uh, very pleasant news control. Yeah. I may have not have played it yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. so everybody okay. can be mad at me. I know it's on Game Pass. It's on my list. But uh, look, if people love the game and they're adding new content to it and they're going to make a bigger thing, I'm all for it. Happy to see it succeed. 
Yeah. It's it's better than ever on Series X. They did a really nice job because it, it actually, at the time it came out, it didn't run that great on a stock Xbox One. It was, you really needed a One X to, to get it to play pretty well, or obviously a PC would, would crush it with the right PC. But now on Series X with the Ultimate Edition, it runs super well now. So if, if yeah, if you haven't jumped into control, now's as good a time as any before the, the fall game madness really gets going. But I uh, really love seeing this. Just very happy for Remedy because that's a studio that, in my opinion, has never made a bad game. The um, Quantum Break is, is the game. Like, it didn't... Quantum Break kind of flopped, but... It, at least to the best of my knowledge, it. Uh, but it was a game. It was still a very good game. I, I just didn't think it. A lot of people seem to write it off for the whole TV integration thing, which I actually thought was really well done. So, Remedy's track record is just unbelievable. From Max Payne One, Max Payne Two, Alan Wake, Quantum Break, and now Control, they've just made so much great stuff over over time. And as actually Destin mentioned on last week's show, they have another game that's coming out hopefully soon, which is they did the campaign for Crossfire X that we're still waiting on as well. Oh, yeah. we'll get to see awesome. <laughs> and they, yeah, we'll hopefully get to see that uh, at with, hopefully with a release date at the Gamescom uh, event, the Xbox press conference that's coming up next week. Uh, let's see here. All right. We've got about t- 25 minutes left in the show here. Continuing on the whole bent that we've been on this episode of Making old things new again. The uh, Get this, this is a, an interesting leak. It's a direct leak. The original upload of this year's QuakeCon schedule from Bethesda appeared to suggest that a revitalized edition of Quake 1, one of id Software's <laughs> all-time classic games, could be announced at QuakeCon, which is coming up uh, this week, actually. That's, that's coming up on friday so this was first spotted by xbox era so shout out to them the schedule features a panel called let's talk quake which is going live uh, early in the morning on this friday 7 30 a.m pacific 10 30 a.m eastern when originally uploaded the description of this panel stated quote quake is back in this special stream john lineman from digital foundry who's been on this podcast talks to uh, Jörg Gustafsson of Machine Games about the title's iconic legacy and what it meant to both of them. The pair will also discuss the additional content Machine Games have contributed to this revitalized edition. So that's pretty... Now, that's been edited. (laughs) It's no longer... You can't find that on the website anymore. But uh, that's pretty cut and dry. Plus, you know, if you're going to have John from Digital Foundry... Their whole thing is technical analysis that would seem to indicate that you're bringing something forward to modernize it in a new way. Uh, Khalif, were you a Quake guy along with myself back in the day? No, I missed the Quake era because I was not playing on PC at that point. Um, But it is one of those things where uh, knowing that this is going to be coming kind of around again full circle... It, it's like everything that you can think of in the world that was once a thing is going to get a remaster <laughs> at this point, Probably. which I'm just like, Probably. my goodness. Like, all right, everybody, we know what this is cool, but like also we've seen it like 17 times already. You don't have to make this again. So, 
Uh, Miranda, what like what shooter? I know this. So Quake One was mid nineties. You're younger than 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 all of us, but God bless you for yeah. it. Uh, yeah. What like what shooters did you cut your teeth on as a kid? Because I know you love shooters. Yes, uh, Goldeneye was my first shooter, but I was small enough to where my mom didn't want us playing it, so she would hide it. She'd hide she'd hide the cartridge and she'd be like, "You can't play this." So my sister and I would find it, we'd play it, but when she would come <laughs> in, we we're just like, "We're making wall art with the bullets." Like we would shoot the walls and just <laughs> say, right. we're making, I forgot we're about that. Walls. Yeah. So we were too young to actually be playing that. And then my first shooter that I played, I think in earnest was Halo. So that was my first yeah. real shooter. I played that with my dad in secret. So yeah, you've yeah. told that story, which is just such a wonderful heartwarming story. Now I, I do have to ask Miranda, is it, was, was the golden eye cartridge was that your dad's because otherwise i have to ask how, did, how was it in the house if your mom kept hiding it from you and your uh, sister yes it was my dad's both my parents <laughs> play video games like my mom likes racers she likes oddly enough mortal Kombat and uh, some of the the injustice games so she likes those kinds of games but my dad likes shooters a lot so he did have some pc shooters like i watched him play some of the original call of duties and other things um when he was really into pc gaming for a while there so those those are my dads. <laughs> nice. Destin, Quake for you back in the day or no? Uh, no, like definitely the the very first first person shooters I ever played were like Wolfenstein, Doom, like the originals on PC, you know, yeah. and uh, Duke Nukem. Uh, you know, Duke Nukem was really edgy when I was a teenager in high school. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, not Quake. Game. And I, I'd be really curious to see how Quake has done. We're looking at. I believe the latest like arena shooter that they did. I don't know oh, this, for sure. This is Quake Champions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Quake Champions was the one where they had like different heroes with different powers and everything like that. And and Quake, I don't know. I love what happened with. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know what to say about this. I almost said Doom, but then I'm like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, Quake, Quake Champions is kind of a an esportsified version of Quake Three to an extent. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'd be I don't know what to say to about see. it. It's a what? Where did they go with it? Like, is it if it if this didn't work, what are they going to do that would work? Well, I think technically yeah. Quake Champions. I don't know if it ever came out of beta. Like it's in a, I'm not sure what the state of it I is. I don't remember it did. I don't remember if it did either. I, I thought it got did. announced and then just never heard anything else about yeah. it again. Next up this week, Miranda, our resident Call of Duty super fan slash expert. New Call of Duty finally setting an all-time record for latest Call of Duty reveal in a year here. It's, <laughs> it's August 17th as we record. This reveal is happening on the 19th of August. And we do know the game is called Call of Duty Vanguard. Uh, it'll be revealed, uh, I guess, in a stream, Miranda. Or no, sorry, it's it's in uh, Warzone, isn't it? Uh, is that, I think, where it's coming from? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it'll just be posted online anyway, so. Yeah, that's right. Um, I will be waiting for it to be online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the news comes, uh, so Charlie Intel initially reported this, which Activision has since posted and confirmed on the Call of Duty channels, but there was a leak. So we've got some information for you besides just the name and the date of the reveal. <laughs> so this is, again, like, this is a publisher leaking their own stuff for the second time in this episode. It was in the latest Season 5 update for Black Ops Cold War, and right in there was Call of Duty Vanguard artwork, the logo, and perhaps most interestingly <laughs> for fans, mention of an open beta, which at this point is kind of routine for Call of Duty multiplayer each year. 
Uh, fans quickly discovered the leaked material through data mining the game files for the latest update, and naturally, Activision removed it all pretty darn fast. But we learned some stuff before they did, and it would seem that Vanguard will be set once again in World War II, so we're going back there, given the clothing and the guns that the characters are, are using in these assets. And it can, it also seems to confirm the report from earlier this year which suggested ideas that the game would be set in an alternate timeline in which World War II had not ended. Miranda, I want to get your reaction first here. Uh, I don't. I just don't want to do World War II again. It just feels too soon, right? Like that's what we had Sledgehammer last time, and I, I think that story had some good points to it. Like I like the spy mission. I liked zombies a lot. They took a really cool horror turn with it. But going back to World War II. Again, just it just feels a little too soon, uh, though I do know that there are a lot of stories in World War II that maybe haven't been told or really explored, and that's probably what they're going to do is just like emphasize, like if, especially if they're doing like a gay alternate, World War II hasn't ended, what happens? Or like, how do we stop, actually stop it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so if they are taking a little bit more uh, liberties with this story, then that could be interesting, but... It doesn't change the gameplay. It is still World War II. So that's, that's I think, a little bit of what I'm lamenting a tad. But we always have Warzone, right? Like, if you if you want that classic Call of Duty, which is weird to say classic when we talk about World War II and not Call of Duty. Anyway, you, if you want more of that modern feeling, we do still have Warzone that you can play, or that I can play at least. <laughs> so with World War II, I have a lot of expectations, especially with the campaign. Um, so one note on that quickly, I do have a friend who's actually writing the game. I don't know anything about it. She has not said anything to me about it, but that's just like kind of a, I kind of have to remove myself from some of the criticism from it because I do have right. someone that I know that's writing it. And I'm very curious because it seemed like they hired a lot of people pretty quickly this year for this game. So mm. I'm a little concerned. It's like, hey, uh, how long have y'all been working on this? Like, how is this going to shake out? Um, that all being said, I am excited to see what, you know, Call of Duty on next-gen systems is going to look like. And I, I think they really have to wow with it, regardless of how long they've had time to work on these assets and with this team. Um, that's just kind of what they have to do. And they've definitely taken time to wait and get this ready for a later reveal. So um, I'd like to be wowed by it for sure, especially with Battlefield coming back. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We're getting we're getting both of them this year. It's going to be a big plus Halo means it's a yeah. it's a huge like we're getting all the AAA first person shooter franchises this year practically. Destin, how about you? What do you think of uh, a, another return yet again to World War II for Call of Duty? So on the topic at hand about returning to World War II, but like it's the future World War II never ended. I, I think that's interesting as a premise. I think the more difficult conversation that Activision is going to run into this year is their major problems that they're dealing with at their studio. And they are seeing a lot of people um, sort of take a stance and say either, I don't know if I'm going to play your games anymore and things like that. So like you look at our, our trailer post today as a 44% positive rating. Wow. And that is largely due in part to the news coming out about what has been going on at these studios. So. Uh, Premise-wise and uh, supporting the people that worked on the game who, um, like your friend Miranda, like that I understand totally. But there is a, a difficult conversation about where Activision goes from here. They've done some pretty on 
favorable things to put it nicely, <laughs> you know, not only with their reaction to the news right. and hiring the law firm, but like then you, the actual things at hands are downright disgusting. So, I mean, I have, everybody has that in the back of their heads right now when they're thinking about Activision properties. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. I believe that there are good people there who unfortunately, uh, have had a lot of difficult things surrounding them to deal yeah, with. I mean, that's, that is true. And it is fair. It's a fair point that, uh, that there is a, a long shadow being cast over this game and, uh, the other Every big game. blizzard release of yeah. uh, blizzard in particular, uh, their, their big fall release is Diablo two resurrected, which is a game that on paper I've been wanting. I've, that's one of my most anticipated games. I mean, even though it's, you know, it's because it, it's, I played the first closed beta and it's, it seems like it's doing everything I want it to do, but yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing to, to try and wrestle with. Like, you know, it's there you, while yes, there have been, you know, horrible things and horrible treatment of people going on at, at Activision and Blizzard. There are also good people who, you know, who worked really hard on, on these games. So it's, I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer to it. And it's, there's no one cut and dried solution for, for, you know, how do you approach it as a paying customer, as a gamer, but, um, in terms I'm glad of those topics are out. And even if you go back further, Bobby Kotick and a $150 million bonus while they laid off hundreds of employees, well, like that's an, Activision, a yeah. lot of people are looking at them critically and truly for the first time, because it's just like, this is too much like what's going on over there. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit of a separate matter the whole executive compensation thing. Cause it I comes agree. up yeah, every time. Yeah. Sorry. Like even I think about it every time we do any Activision coverage right now. And I think it's important to bring up because it's what our audience is talking about right now. No, we I post the trailer. It's, yeah. It's, the, it's post, the whole industry. It's really important to note every yeah. time you do have to do something, it's hard to be able to balance all of that. So now it's like, who do you support? Do you support the people that, worked on this in earnest, but it's, it's a very conflicting situation, just generally speaking, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it, I, I, my hope is that this is the beginning of a reckoning for the entire industry with, uh, the, the whole industry need the, the, the video game industry needs to grow up and generally speaking, I mean, it's, uh, it is young relative to film. Um, it, but yeah, it, or television for that matter. And it's, there's a lot that, that needs to change. And, and yeah, it, it'll be kind of curious to see. I'll be curious to see how Call of Duty is received by the community at large and how it sells. Because, you know, Destin, you're right to point out the, the, uh, the downvote ratio on the trailer, which, you know, we saw that. Where did we see that? We saw that with, um, was it, was it a, either? Oh, it was one of the Call of Duties from a few years ago when they were, I think when they were force bundling the Modern Warfare 1 remaster with the like more expensive version of the game, I think people kind of took out their frustrations in on YouTube and just downvoted it into like the most downvoted trailer of all time, if I'm remembering that correctly. But um, you know, that's I wonder if it'll translate at the box office, right? At the at the sales yeah. register. Um Khalif, we've now we've now turned this into a bit of a larger discussion, but you know whether it's the game, whether it's the Activision situation, I'm curious as to your thoughts here about uh, Vanguard. 
Um, I'm excited that Battlefield 2042 is coming. <laughs> well I'm very excited. I'm very excited for that game. Uh, I am. I will say this though, and I and I will and I will parrot some of what Miranda said. I'm. I'm. I have a couple of folks over there as well who 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 are working on this game, who are writing this game, and I'm. I'm infinitely excited to see uh, at least Sledgehammer put a couple of badass women on the writing on the writing team to to make this happen. Um, and, and have that be a game out in the world that people are going to ch- have a chance to play. So I'm excited for that part of the equation and so much less about the the World War II bits of it. I have been team stop putting stuff in World War II for a long time. I'm like, we don't need it. I'm tired. I'm like, if you're just going to give me a, 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 a musket gun, just give me a musket gun at this point. Just put me all the way back at this point. Uh, cause I'm, cause I'm just done with shooting bad guns and old guns in, in the world war two setting. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see what they're going to potentially do with this, uh, in terms of the scope of where they're going to go, um, how this is going to look on next gen consoles. I think that's always going to be a, a conversation to, to dig into, but in terms of setting, I am so not excited about the setting for, for this particular game. And I'm surprised that they've actually gone back to, to, to world war two, to be, to be fair. What what are you more sick of? Mm. World War II first person shooters mm. or modern military first person shooters? I want more modern. See, see, here's the thing: is like I was thought you were going to say Paris is cooking, but that's another part of the conversation. <laughs> the, the 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 I had to come up. I, 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 I shouldn't have done it, but it, it, it you, you threw the, the, the baton. Um, I, I want more, like, I, I know a lot of people are still, like, caught up on the jetpacks, uh, you know, parts of Call of Duty that they had for a small frame of time within that within that universe. I want to see people go forward with the conversations because I think you get to broaden out the ideas around what these kinds of engagements and this kind of, of combat and these kinds of weapons and tools and and, and gadgets can be because then you just start to just run rampant and and have your mind mind just go in any direction that you want to kind of use. You get to use your fullest imagination when you're not having to be tied down to a very specific era. Um, and I think that's the part that I'm missing right now. That's the part that I'm excited for. Is the reason why I love Titanfall because Titanfall let you kind of dig into that idea in a way that you weren't able to use. You know, with things like the smart pistol and things like that, like. Again, there are so many places that we can go, but we wind up continuously going back and and and, and doing the old hat version of of these ideas, which I'm a little bit a little bit annoyed about. I'm just like, come on, y'all, we can do better than this. On that point too, really quickly, they can still make it feel like a Call of Duty game. They can still have the same time to kill. It can still have the same movement, and it can mm-hmm. have that identity of like the the one man army if you really want to. And that's something I love about Call of Duty. And they can still maintain that well, make or pushing for creativity within their games exactly that cleave like i, I don't <laughs> please don't do world war ii again i don't want to yeah. go back no more <laughs> well, i i wonder you know we'll find out on thursday i wonder if they'll go if it's doing you know kind of the alternate history thing if they'll lean more into a little sci-fi which kind of wolfenstein did that like wolfenstein 2 specifically like hey the nazis invaded america and there's you know robot dogs coming after you or because uh, I've been in, I'm in full old man mode on this episode, referencing all sorts of <laughs> past Xbox things. Um, if anybody else out there remembers, because when I heard this, it made me think of one thing, and I actually had to Google, I had to figure out what the name was 
uh, because I couldn't quite remember. It's a game no one's probably mentioned in years. I'm going to dust it off right now. Does anybody remember Turning Point Fall of Liberty? I'm expecting a bunch of blank. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm I gonna, remember nodding, hearing nodding that heads. name. Nah. I remember hearing it, but not. Nope. I don't remember what that thing looked like. Yeah, oh. it was it was a very cool idea that was not executed super well, but it was a first person shooter uh, that was then that was the whole thing was the World War Two didn't end and the Nazis invaded America. So anyway, you can look it up on YouTube if you're curious. Uh, before, real quick, we're going to skip right to trivia this week before we got to get out of here. But I want to give a quick shout out to Rare on behalf of everybody on Unlocked and everybody at IGN because uh, executive producer Joe Neat this week announcing that the studio has been bowled over from the response by the Sea of Thieves community, which had its biggest month ever in wow. June. 4.8 million active pirates out on the water, as Joe phrased it, in June. So the game's been out for three years and they just had their biggest month ever which is just a testament to the ongoing support and the awesome stuff that they've done with Sea of Thieves. So congratulations to Rare. And I am I still need to go play that Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. I'm going to do it. I promise. All right, let's see here. Yeah, we've got just a few minutes. Speed round of trivia here. John, whose gamer tag is Schmonballens. I think that's how it's pronounced. John, I'm so very sorry if I got that wrong. Asks this excellent question, again, kind of going back into Xbox history a little bit. He asks, shortly before the release of the 360, the shared pool of VRAM was increased in the 360 console from 256 me uh, megabytes of memory to 512. Jay Allard, one of the system architects of the 360 at the time, attributed the decision to double the VRAM to feedback from one particular game studio. What studio was that that wanted more RAM and advocated for it with Microsoft? Was it Bungie? Was it Epic? Was it Infinity Ward? Or was it Bethesda Game Studios? So, of course, Bungie would have had Halo cooking back at that time. Epic had uh, Gears cooking at that time. Infinity Ward had Call of Duty 2 cooking at that time. And Bethesda had Oblivion in the oven as well. So... Uh, all four were responsible for major Xbox 360 games early in, and throughout the 360 life cycle. I remember this one well. Uh, let's see if anybody else does. Khalif, I'm going to go to you first here. Do you know this one? Yes. Yes, I do know this one. All right. I know so, this one. Uh, Destin, do you think you know? I think I know, but I'm not definitive. Okay. Miranda, how about you? No, oh, I don't know. All right, so I'm going to go to Miranda first. I'll let you take a shot. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with B, Epic Games. Okay, Epic. Uh, Destin, I'll go to you. I also think it was B because of, I want to say it was Shadow Complex but and the okay. Gears at the time, but I don't remember for sure. All right. Khalif, you seemed quite confident. Give me your, give me your answer here. B, I think it was Epic. Yes, you are all correct. All well right. Done. Yeah, it was Gears of War. They basically yep. said, oh, okay. if you want Gears of War, we need more RAM. So That's what I put in more RAM. To their credit, they spent more money and put more RAM in the machine. So, John, thank you very much for that excellent question. Everybody gets a point. I will update the scores here also, uh, right after the show ends. Yes, Miranda. did have someone reach out about last week's question and said that Alvin and Chipmunks, the one, the, the squeakle that I answered, does indeed have an Xbox controller in it. So Oh, all right, huh. I'll give you an extra point for that. Yeah. All right, so, wait, so now Miranda 7, Miranda 7, Destin 6. Oh, man. 
Yeah, there is photo <laughs> evidence. I'm not lying. I it's, would not say this if this were not true. On what Jeopardy, was the question? on Jeopardy, they can come back and you know retroactively award money when they go back and fact check Ooh. an answer. So it happens. It happens. Uh, it happens. <laughs> uh, if anybody out there has a trivia question, send it our way. Unlocked at IGN.com is the email address. Include the question. Include the multiple choice answers. And note the correct one, please. And with that, we've got to get rolling. Uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Please check out my review of 12 Minutes. It is a spoiler-free review as this discussion was, so you're welcome to read it, watch it, without worrying about getting the game spoiled for you. Khalif, spawn on me. What are you up to? What's going on? And where can we follow you? First of all, thank you again for, for having me. It is always a blast to get a chance to rock with you all. You know, I, you know, I love getting to hang with all of you. You can check out more Spawn on Me. Uh, every Wednesday night, we do a live show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. Uh, and that live show goes out every Friday on podcast feeds around the globe. Uh, and then you can check out, you know, all the, the video versions of those shows, usually on Monday or Tuesday of the week following that. We have a lot of cool stuff going on. I'm producing the Black and Gaming Awards again for the second year. Uh, we have our Spawnies uh, Game of the Year Award stuff coming up later this year. We're revamping that in a big way. And I'm still looking to, to host a whole bunch of stuff. And you can check out uh, all my musings about food and ribs and video games at Khalif Adams on Twitter. So you can check that out. Fantastic. Miranda? I want, I want ribs. I want them so bad. <laughs> I, got, I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, you can find me at Havoc Gross and it's Havoc with a K on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and pretty much everywhere else. Um, right now I'm working on guide production things. So please check out IGN guides. Definitely check out our 12 minutes guide. If you do get stuck, I think we're probably planning to try to do some sort of hint system, which is very difficult considering the structure of the game where you can just kind of do whatever. Um, but if you do need help, we'll have some help for you. Excellent. Destin, take us home. I'm doing a bunch of Gamescom stuff right now. So like I'm going to be involved with, with planning for that and then uh separately if you want to watch my personal stuff youtube.com slash the destin channel and uh yeah that's it excellent and thank you for reminding me to remind everybody else watching that yes unlocked will be live immediately following xbox's show on uh, next tuesday that is the gamescom week so join us for that i believe the the it's going to be the same time we actually record. So it's the same time for us, not the same time for you guys. <laughs> the show is at 10 a.m. Pacific on Tuesday. So watch live on IGN, whether it's youtube.com slash IGN or just IGN.com or twitch.tv slash IGN. And then just stay there and we'll be live for that episode. Miranda taking a... Uh, a you know a strangely timed in terms of <laughs> in terms of Xbox stuff, but a well deserved uh, bit of time. I've off. had this plan for months, and then they're like, "Hey, we're <laughs> having Gamescom this week." And I was like, "Oh, sorry." Got it. Doesn't matter. You got to go live your life and and get some relaxation time. So enjoy that. For super produced super producer Kate, I'm Ryan, along with Khalif, Miranda, and Destin. This was Unlocked Five Hundred Seven, and we will see you back live next week. <laughs>